Tech Talk, a technical futures for engineering leaders podcast. What keeps Stantec smart? How is its digital practice pushing the boundaries? And how can technology-led solutions benefit the team's thinking? In 2021, leading global design firm Stantec launched Stantec.io to harness the power of data-rich model-based workflows and combine emerging technologies with subject matter expertise to solve timely client project challenges. In this episode, I speak with Anna Bridgman, Group Manager, and Louisa Bloomer, Digital Practice Leader Asia Pacific at Stantec, about why it's important to diversify our industry, what it brings to the teams, and how this looks today. Welcome, Anna and Louisa. So great to have you here. And I've really been looking forward to this episode at a time when there's lots of change going on in the industry and indeed in the world. Thanks, Chris. It's exciting to come and share our stories with you. Louisa, I'd love you to share with our listeners a bit about your technical background and what your journey has been with Stantec. Sure. So I started uh, at university with a commerce degree, uh, majoring in marketing, and quickly changed that to a science degree, majoring in geography and GIS, which led me down the data technical path, which I've absolutely loved. I was then lucky enough to work in more of the strategy development side of things and then team leadership. And now at Stantec, I lead our digital practice group for Asia Pacific, which covers all things from GIS to data analytics to development, automation. Uh, it's a really exciting time to be in, in that space. Uh, that's a very broad portfolio. <laughs> it is. So it's an exciting time um, for digital disruption in the engineering and technical fields. Louisa, can you tell us about the way that yourself and Anna work together And what projects are benefiting from technology-led solutions and the diversity of team thinking? Yes, um, I think that's ever-evolving and it's quite um, organic in the way it shows itself. We we find it's uh, when a client perhaps comes to us with a business-as-usual request and we then realise, hang on, pause, there's a probably better way or more efficient way to look at this and still get the same, if not better outcome. A project comes to mind that we did for flood risk. Anna, do you want to talk about that one? Sure. Thanks, Louisa. So yes, this was one that a client came to us and said that they wanted some graduate help to look at a number, about a thousand properties to understand their flood risk, to go through the flood maps and Google maps and, and understand where they may be, what the risks were. And I had Louisa and team around me and I thought, really, is, is do we really want somebody sitting there for however many weeks just going through the same thing day after day and is this not the sort of thing that their team could look at in a different way? And so had their team talk to the client to understand what, what they were looking for, um, built up a pilot to, to show the client about what could be done. And in the end, they built a tool that could be used for this flood, these flood risks assessments. And Louisa can tell you more about the tool. But the real benefit was some of the clients don't understand what is what is possible. They just think about just doing stuff the same. Yeah, just, just really looking for those efficiencies for the clients. At that project, I think the, um, the takeaway that we had was the reduction from so six to eight minutes per property to, you know, identify it, figure out the flood level risk and then to document it. Uh, we got it down to about two minutes or less, uh, quite often under one minute, which was huge. And the clients actually come back with four other projects using that tool. So it's a, a really satisfying outcome for us. And we see something that's caused such efficiencies get reused and reused. 
I think the other thing from that as well is that we're not sending people out into the field where they mm. don't need to. So not only the, the, the carbon footprint around driving around the catchments, but also the health and safety aspect of people being out there on the streets looking at different properties uh, when they don't need to be. And I guess one of the things uh, one of the things that struck me about Stantec is the way that your global business shares this sort of information. So I guess that a model developed here can be used throughout your business and vice versa. Digital tools that are developed offshore, all of the learnings can come back into the Kiwi market. So Anna, in your role, how has the way that you work at Stantec evolved over the years? That's a really good question, Chris, and one I guess I've reflected on a bit over the last couple of years. I came into a team at Stantec which was predominantly designers, uh, people designing and delivering infrastructure for clients, uh, pipelines, reservoirs, etc. I think in the last few years, the team has expanded. The, the team has grown hugely to meet the client needs, but we've also expanded into a, a much more diverse area. We still have that design and delivery element of the team, and, and they still make up around 50% of the team, in, uh, for example, in Wellington. But we also have network planners, hydraulic modelers, and the digital team, which all help us with the delivery of those, but also get involved in the, in the front end of projects a lot more to look at alternative solutions, help clients understand actually what the project is or the problem is that they might be trying to solve. All of these things, I guess, have changed the way we approach projects and changed the stage at which we get involved in projects with clients. And in your view, what's forcing the industry to change their thinking around this is the way that we've done things and then to call on your expertise around the diversification of thinking and why it's important to diversify that that, that thinking in terms of what you can offer clients? Well, I'll answer the first part first. I mean, there's been a huge increase in infrastructure spend in the last few years. It kicked off, I guess it was happening pre-pandemic, but kicked off with some of the government funding into infrastructure during the pandemic to make sure that the, the jobs would continue to be created and, and there was investment in the regions. That has put a huge draw on our resources and, and resources of, of everyone working in the infrastructure industry. There, there's a demand to do, do things better, do things more efficiently, both from a resource restraint point of view, but also for a delivery on dollars and, and showing clients value for money. So that's probably driving, I guess, a lot of the um, why we need to do things differently and, and why it's so important. As well as this, I think there's fewer people this coming into the infrastructure industry. There's fewer graduates coming through at the moment. There's, you know, people aren't moving around to, across countries as much. We're not seeing that influx from overseas that we were a few years ago. So we really have to make best use of the people that we've got working for us and making sure that they're putting their, their time and efforts where there is the most value. And has this changed the way the balance the needs of all my teams? For myself, uh, from a pretty standard um, engineering project management sort of background, I've had to push and, and get more involved and understand the different aspects of my teams and what they can offer the clients and making sure that I'm putting the effort in with those people and sharing the knowledge across both within my lower North Island team, but across the whole of New Zealand as well. And, and the cool stuff that we do out of Wellington get shared with the teams in Christchurch or Dunedin or Auckland so they can take advantage of it as well. It is a much more diverse team. I think when I started, we were probably 95% of people had an engineering degree of some sort or a Bachelor of Technology. 
And we're probably looking at about 50-50 of those with an engineering or Bachelor of Technology degree these days versus those with other degrees. Maths, science, geography, all types are in the team these days. So I think that the clients, this is also reflected in client organisations, the the different people that are coming into their teams as well. So they also appreciate just having that range of thoughts. Talk to me a little bit about Dantec.io and how that impacts the projects that you deliver and how you offer solutions to um, to your clients. So yes, Dantec.io was launched oh, about two years ago and it's really a place where we can share with our clients the products and the innovative ideas that we're coming up with, either with a client or just in-house at Stantec. So we recently, I say recently, it was probably two years ago, we announced that we now have a chief innovation officer, Marshall Devitt, and he put in place an entire innovation office and it has the funding for internal development as well as developing things specifically for our clients that are really helping push new ways of delivering services. It's really cool that we're able to share it externally. So, you know, anyone can go on Stantec.io and see what we're doing, see the services we're offering or see, you know, which industries we're in and some of the tools and articles around what we're doing. And Louisa, we're appreciating the diversity of skills and the backgrounds of candidates and how Stantec's quite open to looking what I would call, I guess, non 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 traditional engineering candidates, which which Anna touched on in terms of the makeup of the teams within Stantec. What's the point of view from the digital practice for your workforce now, and probably really importantly into the future? That's a tricky one because I think already people coming out of university and school are already way more empowered with digital know-how than I I was or a lot of my colleagues were when we came out of uni ourselves. So a lot has changed. There's a lot more understanding of what is possible. And I think, you know, you could go to university and every degree, I would say now, has some element of digital in it or some discussion about innovation or efficiency gains. And I think you know, you, you can study anything, but if you have a real passion for that side of things, it will, it'll come through in, in how you approach something. So for example, we had, you know, someone doing biology, that was their major, but their final paper, they'd done this amazing coding um, to predict the tidal flows. And it was amazing. And you could see they're passionate about the ability to automate something and understand the environment. And it's that passion that I think employers are looking for at the moment in the digital spaces. Do you enjoy the coding or do you enjoy improving things? Do you enjoy the technical aspects? And yeah, I think it's for my group anyway, I'm less looking at the type of degree they have and more around what are they passionate about and, and where do they put their time and interests. So in closing, I just wanted to say how positive it is to see a future in the industry that's innovating from the diversity of its teams and technology and how Stantec is really embracing change and investing in new ways of working to stay competitive in a digital world. We really want to thank you both for being here and sharing your journey with us. No worries, Chris. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Chris. Thank you very much. Tech Talk, a technical futures for engineering leaders podcast.